Reinvest in your wellness goals this spring with savings on supplements. March 14th and 15th only, I'll be offering 10% off all products in my online full script supplement dispensary. March 14th and 15th, two days only, get 10% off and free shipping on my entire inventory of top supplements at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. It's the safest and most convenient way to purchase my curated supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast, free shipping and optional refill reminders via text or email. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. It's safe, secure, and includes world-class customer service. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com for 10% off and free shipping for two days only, March 14th and 15th. That's DearHoffmanStore.com, DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's a forum which enables you to send us a question. Questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions. Whatever is on your mind or yeah, perhaps you have a comment uh, you know, about one of our shows or one of our podcasts, uh, you can send it to questions at drhoffman.net. You can also join us for the live show where I believe the number is 877-726-8255. And you can call during the program, which is live from noon to 2 p.m. each Saturday. That's Eastern Time, because we're on the East Coast. Or you can call 877-726-8255 anytime you like throughout the week and record a question. So lots of ways to get questions to us. How you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Okay, Layla is our resident nutritionist, and we do a weekly duet uh, helping folks sort out questions that pertain to intelligent medicine, the best of high-tech medicine, the best of natural therapies. That covers a lot of ground. So how are you doing this week, Layla? Not bad. Looking forward to spring. Looking forward to, uh, to uh, what, what is it, leaping forward? Oh, yeah, we're going to leap forward in a couple yeah. of weeks. We're going to spring forward. Spring uh, forward. Uh, spring forward, fall back. So we're going to lose an hour. Yeah. And this is kind of a controversial thing. I'm not going to tackle that today, but maybe we'll do something on one of our shows and one of our podcasts about the controversy over daylight savings time. Because yes. it's quite a heated controversy. Three options. One is mm. keep it the way it is. Mm. And the other is to forget about daylight savings time and just make it standard time. Mm-hmm. Because that's what morning people like. Uh, a lot of people like their mornings. Yeah. And when we spring forward, what we're going to find is that it's going to be dark. In the morning In again. the morning again. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to have to wait till, you know, a couple of months till it's light in ha- the morning Have again. my lights on for three whole hours before I get to turn no, them I, off in the morning. I, I will have to keep my <laughs> SID lights on yeah. even longer. Yeah. Because uh, I wake up and I want bright light. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to go out in my PJs. Right. Uh, or in my, uh, you know, tidy whities uh, you know, and get the sun, you know, and being in New York, you don't get a lot of sunlight through your windows. Right. And they're also remodeling my balcony, so I can't even go there. Oh. So I'm going to use the bright lights for another couple of months. Uh, it will have mm-hmm. the advantage of light later in the day, which a lot of people prefer. And, you know, so option number one, keep it the same. Option number two, go forget daylight savings time. 
The other one is to revert to daylight savings time all the time. But the problem with that will be that in northern latitudes, which much of the country lies in, uh, you're going to have kids going to school in pitch dark at 8.30 in the morning. That's not great. And that's not great for their circadian rhythms. True. And it's not great for safety reasons yeah, either. Yeah, that's true. Right? So, you know, there's no perfect answer. Uh, you know, the time change is disrupting. Uh, there will be more accidents. There will be more, uh, you know, cardiac admissions actually increase mm -hmm. associated with this, yeah. especially the springtime change because mm -hmm. you lose an hour. Yeah. And it's it's kind of this like kind of jet lag. Jet lag is yeah. really, yeah, yeah it's yeah. impactful. And people are less alert, you know, because mm -hmm. they're sleep deprived and discombobulated mm -hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, you know, We'll, we'll fill you in on the controversy on that because there are, you know, pressure groups that are trying to advance their agenda one way or the other. Yes. And it's a source of controversy. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about um, PFAS. These are the so-called forever compounds, which we're recognizing are mm -hmm. endocrine disruptors, gender benders. Anything endocrine can affect both blood sugar, but also sexual maturation and hence yeah. the risk of certain cancers as well, mm -hmm. uh, especially reproductive cancers, cancers of the breast, the uterus, uh, the ovaries, potentially the prostate. And so uh, these are bad chemicals, and yeah. they don't break down easily in the environment. And so there's some new information. Actually, there's a new initiative that started last year to get rid of PFASs. And actually, I think Governor Newsom in California, uh, regardless of what you think of California and and Governor Newsom is taking an initiative to ban PFAS in California. That would be good news. Uh, so, the of course, the federal government is going to lag behind, so we'll have two different standards. We'll have the standards for the 49 other states and more aggressive standards for California until we harmonize those. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's actually a lawsuit that's brewing. Uh, I think you have some information on that uh, that uh, is being mounted, a class action lawsuit against companies that continue to provide um, products in PFAS chemical uh, containers. Hmm. And the nice thing about PFAS is it's a non-stick thing. And so uh, these PFAS chemicals are ubiquitous in like pizza boxes. Yes. And microwave popcorn. Oh, and yeah, I mean, I'm so glad I don't eat very much microwave popcorn yeah. anymore. I thought it was great. You know, pop the thing in the bin. You just, yeah. It's so easy. It's like Set it for two and a half minutes, and it pops beautifully, and mm -hmm. you got perfect popcorn. No. It's laced with PFAS. Yes, and exactly. So there's also a caution about storing things in those containers. Mm -hmm. They even suggest that if <laughs> imagine this. You go to the pizza place, and you bring your own PFAS-free pizza box. And, you, yeah. and they're about to put it in the pizza. They say, no, I brought my own box. Uh -huh. It's like, please put it in the box. And they're going to look at you like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> I mean, right. it's... Joe's Pizza Please Place in yeah. Hoboken. What's you know. wrong with my box? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with my box? <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness! So, yeah, so this is a concern, mm -hmm. and you know we can do a deeper dive on that in another edition. You know, maybe we'll talk to an expert on the subject. Mm -hmm. uh, here's another hazard. Yeah. Uh, I know you don't eat much pasta, right? Because you're kind yeah. of a low-carb person. Yeah. But occasionally I get a yen for pasta. But I, I get the... Uh, oh, I'll have it on occasion, sure. I will get yeah. the uh, pasta that is gluten-free, 
but also it's made from a legume. So it'd be made from like a, a, a chickpea, black chickpea pea flour. pasta. Yeah, chickpea flour. Well, and it's very good. lentil pasta, black bean and, pasta. And I'll make like a hamburger tomato sauce. And actually, I probably put more hamburger in than the pasta, but I like the pasta. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's the kind of thing you're going to go for like three servings. Right. Oh, sure. It's hard to stop. Yeah. So it's really yummy. Yeah. And so, but here's the interesting thing: mm. is that when you cook pasta, you create a chemical reaction that can generate uh, what are called uh, halogenated byproducts, uh, which are hazardous. They're called trihalomethanes Ooh. and they're iodinated uh-huh okay and so what happens is here's the chemistry um the researchers well let's back up uh water is treated with chlorine mm -hmm. okay it's chlorinated to disinfect it yes so there's always a little chlorine in the water mm -hmm. uh most countries do that uh and so Research has shown that when wheat flour is heated in tap water that contains residual chlorine, and generally I have the habit of throwing some salt into the pot. Yeah. To season. You have to season the water. Season the water. But don't throw the salt in until after it's boiling. You well, might scorch your pot. Different oh, topic, but okay. Okay, that, that's interesting too. But when you, when you boil water with pasta, mm -hmm. the water has chlorine in it. And you put in iodized table salt, which is we like because we like iodized salt we, because we you iodine. use like Himalayan salt, things like that. These kosher are, salt. Be, my there's no iodine salt. in the Himalayas. Right. It's landlocked, yeah. so there's no uh, iodine is a sea thing. Yeah. So many salts that are you know very high quality you know salts. Yeah. Don't have any iodine, so I prefer sure. iodized salt, but. If you were to boil pasta mm -hmm. in chlorinated water with iodine, a chemical reaction occurs between the chlorine and the iodine, which generates tri iodinated trihalomethanes, which are potentially toxic compounds. Wow. And it's the i if the iodine the, okay. if the salt was not iodized, is this, so is here's this still how, happening? So here's how you do it. Uh-huh. Uh pasta should be boiled without a lid. Now I got impatient yes. because what happens is I boil the water, then I throw the pasta in, and it stops boiling because well, the pasta is cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's got to be a rolling boil. You put the pasta in. Okay. You, if you're going to put the lid back on, you have to stay there so yeah. it doesn't fly. And it should be back up to a boil in under a minute. Okay, so, well, yeah. And then you but take you, the lid off also, and let it boil. You also get that, that yicky boil-over thing. You know? Exactly. So, okay, fine. So, if you boil it without a lid, you know, not like impatient people like me, uh -huh. uh, you will actually off-gas the trihalomethanes because they're a gas. Oh, boy. And, well, you know, hopefully you have a well-ventilated kitchen, but at least you're not uh, eating it, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, I, I don't know how it, it, it's in a gaseous state or if it remains We're in the pasta. It. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the pasta should be boiled without a lid to off-gas the tri. And it's this reaction between the iodine and, and the, the chlorine. chlorine. Chlorine, yeah. The noodles should be strained from the water that they're cooked in. Yeah. So you got to take that step, you know, and you 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 wash them off because right. you can wash off the trihalomethanes. Mm -hmm. If so, the iodized table salt. If you want to salt your pasta, yeah, it add the salt after the pasta is cooked. 
not oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. What, what, not what? for pasta connoisseurs. You must season. It's got to taste like the ocean. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Well, what if you use oh, non-iodized salt? That's the next option. And what if you use filtered water so the chlorine is out? Exactly. So iodine-free salt options such as kosher salt, I use kosher salt and Himalayan salt yeah. should be used if home cooks want to boil pasta in salted water. Right. Problem solved. Yeah. But those salts should be used in those circumstances because generally when you salt your food, you want a little iodine because a lot of people are sure. iodine deficient. True. So maybe that argues for having a couple of different types of salt. True. And or way, it argues for eating some more fish, some more onions, right. maybe a little seaweed. Yeah. Things like that. Kosher salt is okay, too, because it's not... I love kosher salt. That's my favorite. Okay. So... um, But listen, use filtered water so the chlorine is out. You know, everybody's concerned about the lead and stuff. That's important. Do you know if an ordinary, like, tabletop filter filters out some of the chlorine or most of the chlorine? They say that it at least filters out, like, the the odors from the chlorine. Hopefully, it's getting to the chlorine. Well, You need a good... Yeah. You need a good one. It probably does. Right. But then, you know, more sophisticated filters give you more filtration. True. You have to sort of check the specs of yeah. your filter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably not great to drink a lot of chlorinated water. I try to get my no. water filtered because I don't want my um, microbiome to be disinfected. Because Absolutely. that's the purpose of chlorine in a pool is to disinfect it's a to pool. to disinfect, right. And you, know, you want to kill off your, right. your flora. Why people are still drinking water from the tap? You've got to filter it. Absolutely. i got to tell you, I mean, I'm in a gym. And I'm, you know, I'm working out. I'm thirsty. I go to the water fountain. What can you're I not, tell you? you? You're not taking a bottle with you? A I nice should. stainless steel or a glass? I something should. Of, yeah, I should. Stuff like that. And then not all plastic bottles are bad, but you have to have them rated for their potential of having... BPA. Uh, uh, yeah, BPA. Um, these... Um, uh, phthalates. Phthalates. And, you know, there's a little insignia on the bottom that shows you whether yeah. it's phthalate-free. Um, you know, you can look at the coating on the insignia on these plastic bottles. True. Plastic bottles, per se, are not all bad. Mm-hmm. You can store food in certain hard plastics. It's the soft plastics that are problematic. True. But the hard plastics, you know, they've removed, they'll say BPA-free. Right. Microwave-safe. But they're using a substitute. It's yeah. more like a BPS. I don't remember what the S stands for. But it can be just as bad. But I'm thinking of like, if you store like, say, chickpeas in a hard plastic container. Yeah. It's not as bad as if you as put... As a soft plastic. As, as you putting it in a baggie. You know, like, yeah, like if you have leftover pasta and you put it in a polyethylene baggie. Right, right. That's you, you not You don't want great. to put it in so a baggie. The tomato sauce will help to leach the chemicals yes. from the plastic. So, but bottom line... Everybody's got PFASs in them now. True. It's nobody it's is so yeah. Nobody right? is so pure that we're not. So we're all getting our genders bent. We're get, and our yeah. and, and our and our uh, blood sugars undermined because yeah. this causes uh, derangements of the insulin signaling pathways. So all the more important. That makes us fat. They're obesogens. They're obesogens. Yeah, because so many of these toxins are stored right. in our fat cells. Right. And even when we are on a quest to lose weight and those obesogens are then released from the fat as it's being burned, it's more opportunity for toxic exposure. It's very important to have well-working detox pathways. Right. Detoxing well is supremely important. And they're they're metabolic disruptors. They make your hormones work less efficiently. Yeah. But also, in some ways, accentuate the hormones because they have a xenoestrogenic effect. So they... 
accentuate yeah. the effects of estrogen. Too much estrogen stimulation to the the breasts, the testes, the prostate, the ovaries, the yes. uterus. These are problematic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what... It, it, we live in a... I mean, we live in a toxic world. We live in a very toxic world in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and, you want to control the controllables, get the plastics out, right. use filtered water, you know, uh, when you're cooking your pasta, maybe have non-iodized salt for that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. These I are mean, all the things we got to be... Yeah. But a uh, helpful hint for you know making your pasta, which you shouldn't have too much of anyway, because exactly. we're, we're into kind of... So the six times a year I'm eating pasta, mm -hmm. I I'm using kosher salt anyway and filtered water, so... I I'm good for like once a month, a chow down, because yeah. it's it's discomfort for me. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think you're, you're getting a little less in terms of the glycemic impact when mm -hmm. you use a pasta that is uh, made from, say... Uh, chickpea or yes. lentil. Well, the other thing is cooking it al dente, whether it's regular okay. pasta or okay. regular pasta, especially al dente. So mushy releases better. the carbs more. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So for you diabetics out there, have it al dente. If the okay. package says cook it for 12 minutes, you cook it for 10. Also, make, make it to the tooth. Make a meat sauce. Yes. Like a really heavy, heavy with a lot of meat mm -hmm. or turkey, ground turkey, yes. or ground uh, mm -hmm. you know, sirloin. Mm -hmm. And you know, with whatever you want, tomato sauce or pesto, and use a lot of the sauce and less of the pasta. Less of the pasta. Yeah, absolutely. So that's so, another so way. So it's almost like you've got equal parts. You minimize the glycemic thing. impact of True. that. True. Yeah, which absolutely challenges your insulin. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a dissertation. <laughs> and yeah. you know, you could also the the serving size of pasta, half a cup cooked. Every one of you, I know you have measuring cups at home, make your, boil your pasta, and then after you've cooked it, get a half cup into your measuring cup and look at how little that is. It might be about three to four forkfuls, and you're done. And like you said earlier, we're looking for three helpings of this stuff. That half oh. cup serving isn't going to, you know, oh. you read the, you read the, uh, the box of pasta, there's eight servings in there, and you go, what? I was done with that in four servings. What are you talking about? Exactly. Unrealistic servings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Really. So this is where uh, <laughs> great so conversation. Before we oh, get to questions, uh, by the way, questions yeah. come to questions at drhoffman.net. Um, just a reminder that we uh, we have an upcoming sale. So gear up. Oh yeah. Don't you know? Hold your orders for a couple of days until our sale hits. Uh, if you're on full script, which is our online supplement dispensary. Uh, March 14th and 15th, we're having a sale, two days only. You get 10% off and free shipping on my entire inventory of top supplements at the drhoffmanstore.com. And so mm -hmm. this is also a place where you know, we carefully vet the brands. Uh, there's no counterfeit or toxic products there because they have a really good advisory board to yeah. screen that. And... You see, it's a more reliable way to get your supplements. And, Absolutely. You know, great service, free, free delivery, mm -hmm. um, discounts when we have sales, uh, March 14th and 15th only. That's yeah. drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com. And, you know, we mentioned a lot of products here, and, you know, sometimes you say, where the heck can I get that? It's likely you'll find it on Fullscript. Not yeah. everything, but 
Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll mention specifically if it's not on full script where you can get something. Yes. So let's get to questions, shall we? Yes, we've got one here from, I don't have a name. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I'm taking a dose of Ozempic 1.0, Ozempic. When patients have side effects that they can't tolerate, they stop the medication. I have diarrhea daily. Oh, boy. I'm willing to tolerate it for the weight loss benefit, but is there a long-term problem with this? Is this occurring in the gut microbiome, which I know is important, or is this side effect different due to the drug? I take a good electrolyte formula a few times a week. Is this helpful? Well, you know, chronic diarrhea is a sign of an imbalanced um, microbiome. It's also a sign that maybe you're malabsorbing nutrients because the rapid transit and the uh, flow of water into your intestine may wash away certain nutrients and prevent them from being properly absorbed. Yeah. So that is a concern. Uh, typically, the side effect that people have with Ozempic, which is this, you know, Hollywood weight loss drug that's been popularized, uh, that is actually a diabetes drug, but it was found to make people lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of problems are arising with it is, you know, A, it is effective. Yes. Um, it is effective, but, uh, and a lot of people are using it simply for weight loss. They don't have diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I've heard it reported that people, I've not heard so much diarrhea as this person is writing about. Nausea I've heard more nausea. And vomiting. And vomiting yeah. even. Yeah. And some people can't tolerate it for that yeah. reason. And other people say, I just simply have no appetite. Right. Don't want to eat anymore. Right. Which is, okay, so that is a way to lose weight, but it's also a way to lose muscle. So if you lose, anytime yeah, you lose weight rapidly. It's a way to be rapidly, unhappy. <laughs> well, and, and you got to keep taking it. Yes. Otherwise, you regain the weight. True. So, and it's expensive. If you're not getting it and prescription for yeah. diabetes, you might have to shell out like 1300 bucks a month. Um, Ouch. That's somebody's mortgage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you know, student, yeah. student loan re- re- uh, repayments, any number of things. Yeah. So, uh, the couple of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, one is, is that if you lose a lot of weight, and it's actually been shown that when you lose weight with these drugs, they're the semi-glutide medications. Yeah. Uh, Ozempic, Wigovi, they're injectable. Uh, then there's a uh, newer drug called Munjaro, which is just being introduced, which is even more effective. It works on dual pathways wow. for weight loss. Um, that's coming on stream soon. Mm-hmm. It, it's available. That you lose fat, but you also lose a considerable amount of lean body mass. So let's say, you know, you get tired of being nauseous and losing your appetite, or you just run out of money and you stop. Well, you then, you're like 30 pounds lighter, but you've also lost considerable lean body mass, which is hard to regain, especially as you you get older, because you're losing it anyway. It's a natural process called sarcopenia, Mm -hmm. and the concern is that a lot of people will use it, they'll lose lean body mass, and exercise is a partial hedge against that, yeah. strength training especially. Um, and getting ample amounts of protein. And getting ample amounts of protein, which may be hard if you're nauseous. True. Okay? Yeah. Because you're going to undereat. So here's another one that just came across the news waves. Dated today, the Daily Mail reports, scientists raise alarm over potentially deadly side effect from celeb favorite fat loss drugs, Wegovy and Ozempic, that may have been missed in trials. 
The hmm. blockbuster drugs work by mimicking the effects of GLP-1, a hormone that slows the movement of food through the intestines, making a person feel full for longer. But researchers in China believe the drugs may cause a person's small intestine to become enlarged. Oh. Which puts them at high risk of a potentially deadly obstruction in their digestive system. Now, this is preliminary. We're not getting people dropping dead left and right from it. But experiments in mice show that the enlargement of the intestine occurred around 20 months of taking GLP-1 drugs. Now, 20 months is like... It's That's like, a long time. It's like 20 years or 30 years for a mouse because they okay. don't live very long. Okay. Um, the clinical trial, uh, the, the Chinese team points out that clinical trials for Wegovy only went up to 16 months, meaning the significant long-term side effect may have been missed. Um, mice aren't people. This isn't necessarily going to occur in people. Yes. But it's something, it's a signal to look out for. So, mm -hmm. uh, the researchers also revealed, this is significant though. Researchers reviewed previous research on humans that suggest users of these types of drugs are up to four times more likely to suffer intestinal obstruction. Now, intestinal obstruction is a really um, very serious thing. It's something that actually I just ran over to a hospital to take care of a relative for. Yes. Uh, you know, you become nauseous. You can't eat. Yeah. Uh, you start vomiting. And sometimes you can be opened up, you know, with an NG tube or rest. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it becomes a surgical problem. You have to actually cut out a piece of the, the intestine, which is mm -hmm. uh, obstructed because the tissue dies. And, you know, you can get really... Gangrene. Yeah, you can get peritonitis. Mm -hmm. And she actually had that. She's not on Wigovi. She's, you know, an elderly person. Uh, mm -hmm. This happens to the elderly sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, so... so so this is on the horizon with regard to this might be a potential uh, right. longer-term side effect of these particular that drugs. People have to be alert to. Yeah. And, yeah. But it also causes, calls for a little more cautious approach to these medications because people are taking them willy-nilly. They're seeing the spectacular results of weight loss. Yes. And they want it fast. So they want, you know, and it's so boring yeah. to follow a diet. Yeah. And so many people, um, diet is not always that dramatically effective for some people, as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, exercise is... That's a, really a minority of people. Exercise I mean, there's is pain. Awfully, there's oftentimes an underlying metabolic resistance yeah, yeah. to that weight loss. Some yeah. people aren't being diagnosed with hypothyroidism exactly. when they have true hypothyroidism. Yeah, sure. Or it could be a result of their hormone, other hormones being awry or... I yeah. Don't know. I am not, and you are not, of the school of thought that like, you know, diet and exercise don't work. Yeah. And so we need these medications. Yeah. I mean, the reason the diet exercise don't work is that they're not People don't want to do them. They're not, and they're not correctly implemented. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is. Good uh, information to have. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look. More and by for the way, that. interesting intestinal obstruction is responsible for around 30,000 deaths in the U.S. every year. Hmm. So it's, it's a common uh, cause of not such. I mean, it's a prevalent cause yeah. of death in especially uh, elderly patients uh, who may have compromised digestion, like poor yeah. intestinal motility, mm -hmm. subject to constipation, and then things mm -hmm. get blocked up right? and you have an obstruction. You think about gastroparesis, those people are nauseated mm -hmm. like all the time. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, something to watch out for. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not prescribing these medications. Um, some of my patients have asked for them, and yeah. I've said, you know, 
you, you can do it, but I, I want you to do it under the supervision of someone who prescribes them day in and day out. Yeah. And uh, and I caution them, and I said, you know, this practice is a nutritional practice, and will take you as far as you can go naturally. Yeah. I'm not here to dispense these drugs. Yeah. Uh, although I see a value, I see a value. Sure. And you know, uh, we have a couple of patients who've really done well. I would rather they take Ozempic than go get bariatric surgery done. Yes. Huh? Yes. Yes. You know. Let's try this. Okay, I'm I'm on board then with those. Yeah. cutting out a yeah. piece of your anatomy, oh. uh, you know, can lead to some really severe problems. Exactly, nutritional deficiencies. And I think we have a question all, on that, all kinds on, of not on gastric bypass, but on someone who's had a surgery to remove part of their intestine mm. uh, in part two. So when we go to part two, uh, ileostomy. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Part two. We'll tackle that question and others. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net, and we'll have more time for questions in part two, um, and keep our digressions to a <laughs> bare minimum. But, you know, I think people enjoy them. Yeah. So. Oh, well, we do. <laughs> okay. When we return, uh, questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions on today's Q&A with Layla. We'll be right back. 